0: Welcome. Welcome back to Welcome to the Astro. Welcome. Oh no, that's not that would be the hybrid of our podcast and your your private podcast that you do on your own without me. Yeah. That has been playing on the charts. uh, I uh Oh I listen to episodes and give you reams of inane notes. Your notes are great. Thank you. I enjoy giving you notes. Well I'll give
1: you a draft of a thing to hear soon, hopefully my finale finale
0: oh really not soon (laughs) (laughs) well it's there's a nice symmetry to this because we actually i remember on the first podcast we talked about how you were over deadline for something i guess it wasn't a welcome to la piece it was no i used to have fake deadlines oh that was probably louis louis actually probably yeah you have real deadlines because the show is actually coming out. Yeah. And it's a I just, smash it, hit.
1: It makes me realize I don't ever want to do a show where I have real deadlines every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the show is really good, and I feel like it's getting good reception. I think so. I don't know how to gauge that stuff. I mean, favorable tweets from yeah. influential people in the world of storytelling. And yeah, people are And top tweeting. of the charts on iTunes. I don't know about top of the charts. I'm was on the charts for a little while. It was on New and note- Noteworthy for quite a while
1: Yeah, but I don't iTunes. know that that's a arbiter of anything has to well, do I think with it equality. means that
0: it more eyeballs yeah no no it's, I'm, I'm not complaining I'm not complaining
1: <laughs> as my grandmother would say I'm not complaining I'm explaining
0: yeah oh really yeah. what does that mean does it means she was just when know, she was being perceived as
1: well you know she was a uh, An old Jewish woman who had a lot of opinions that could be perceived as complaining, and she wanted to make it clear that she wasn't complaining. She oh, was so explaining. when she's sort of
0: bellyaching about something, she's like, "No, no, no! I'm elucidating what the state of things yeah. is, yeah, as I see them."
1: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm truth telling. Yeah, I'm just laying it down like it is. Oh, grandma. Yeah. So do grandma you have a Faye, who I named my daughter after?
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that.
1: Yeah. It's French. Well, my grandmother. It's a long, yeah. Did we talk about this? Long story. My daughter's name is spelled differently than my grandmother's name was spelled. Her name was F-A-Y-E, the traditional spelling of F-A.
0: And you went where with we French? parents
1: who spelled it as an homage to... New Orleans. To New Orleans, where we met, and to our dog, whose name was Fado Do and we spelled it like I think we I feel like I talked about this on the show.
0: I don't think so, although we have talked about
1: And Fado Doe Do is this like Cajun lullaby that means put the kids to bed. Also, Faye Do is sort of like a Cajun barn party where you put the kids to sleep and then you get hammered. Okay, and, like, yeah, I associate the it with food. party
0: because they're like clubs named Faye Do yeah. everywhere. There's a lot of layers
1: to the meaning of Faye's name. Cool. Mostly she just is going to have to deal with a lifetime of scrutiny and mispronunciation. Yeah, face, like, Faiz. Every time we go to the Is doctor, Fais they come out to the waiting Wienberg room and like, here? "Uh, fi- Fais? <laughs> <laughs> and they get that look on their face like they know they're not saying right. Oh, because it
0: right. if it was in a, a Spanish context, it would be Faiz. I mean, I
1: think they're just trying to pronounce the face. letters on the Did page. Do you get face too? Yeah, gotten face. Yeah, face, and they always like turn their head a little bit with that question in their voice, like.
0: Base? Well, my sister's name is Zoenda. Z-O-E-N-D-A. Whoa. Yeah. What is the origin of that? Unclear. Hmm. Uh, but I think that apparently... And you don't know where your sister's name came from? Well, I think that my dad made it up, but... He's I, invented it? No, I think that it's supposedly... it's. I've heard him say that it's Dutch, and it means kissed by, and then her middle name is Joy, which was oh. his mother's name. That's Mary cool. Joy was That's his That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That would, that's as good an explanation as I've heard, but... Does she think it's beautiful? Did she grow up thinking it was beautiful? Or Zoenda? Yeah, I think that she's always liked it. She doesn't like being called Zoe or anything like that. Um, she likes being called Zoenda. Uh, but when the teacher you know, called attendance on the first day of school, there was no way that yeah. that was pronounced correctly. Zonda? Zonda. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but she'll be able to get... Her first name at whatever domain, anytime for the rest of time, because there aren't any others Zawendas. Really? Surely there's one. I don't think that there are. Really? I, I mean, it's huh. it's not like a name. It's, well, I thought you know, it was Dutch. Oh, it has a Dutch meaning, but it's not a it's not a proper it's not a name. It yeah. would be like calling your son Fire Exit or whatever, you know. I think like that happens. It does happen, and, but uh, not... Other languages, you know what I mean? Well, how many moon oh, units 20. are there? There's, um... How many moon units are there? How many moon units do you Well, know?
1: because moon unit is a famous person, I would assume that other people name their kid after that moon unit.
0: Why do you assume that? It's... You really think so?
1: Sure. I do.
0: Anyway, but... I don't want to, like, explain how theoretically there aren't that many Zawendas or any in the world. My, um... It's just likely that there aren't.
1: We have a friend whose father was a... doctor in, like, a... Hollers in Virginia. He would do like house calls in like these rural parts of Virginia, and he visited this woman, and she had two kids, and their names were syphilis and gonorrhea, because the mom had saw those. She had this booklet about STDs, but she couldn't really read really well and didn't understand it, and so she named her kids after these two beautiful sounding words. That but were she
0: the emphasized the second syllable. <laughs> I'm Martha. Hello,
1: good morning. How are you morning. doing today?
0: Good. How are you? You look great. Oh, you, My you look great. Thank you. Thank you. Did you read the news this morning? I know. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. That is about the Anthony.
1: Yeah. You know, what's going on in this world? Tell me.
0: Well, they say that suicides happen in clusters. Have you heard that? Yeah. That's terrible. He looks so happy all the time. He literally had the best job in the world, right? Yeah. Just traveling around but eating. But
1: we don't know, honey.
0: Yeah. I may know.
1: look it's very gone. happy and tomorrow I'll be gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, Martha. <laughs> just no, Phantom, I know this I know that girl.
1: Sorry, honey. <laughs> I'll be back. <relaxing.
0: laughs> wow. Well, uh, apparently Martha is the first person in the world to make an off-color suicide joke following the death of Anthony Bourdain. Like, yeah. Somewhere over the last 12 I don't think hours. I the first.
1: That's the first one I've heard, but I'm sure people are doing it.
0: She's, more, she's an early comer, <laughs> that's for sure. You uh, weren't writing jokes in your head? R.I.P. To <laughs> Tony Bourdain. No, I was not. Really? I was actually very sad when I woke up this morning yeah. at 5.30 to take Jubal out, and I looked at my phone and saw that Anthony Bourdain had died. I was sad that he had died. I didn't know it was suicide. Yeah. And then I saw that it was suicide and it made me more sad. And then that is Eric Repair is who is a a French chef who Anthony Bourdain was great friends with and they were often like, he was often on his shows, found him. Oh God. They were filming an episode of a show in France. And I know that they were like really close friends And that was also devastating. We don't know, like, all the details or circumstances of it beyond that. But, yeah, it's really sad. He was just, I you know, I don't, like, I'm not really, like, I don't tend to, like, flatter anyone, especially celebrities who I've never met. But he's just a decent guy, very smart. And he was, like, a symbol of something... He was an American who traveled and was, like, sensitive and curious about other cultures. And he was famous for that. Yeah. And, like, nobody else is. and Nobody else does that. You know? So it's like... He, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't like I was thinking about that all the time, but when I heard that he had died and under those circumstances... And then, of course, you know, it's just how devastating depression can be because... He literally had the coolest. He literally had everybody's dream job. Yeah. And he could not take it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh a little diner coffee cheers
0: to Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Rest Bourdain. in peace. Read some stuff on Twitter that was nice. Yeah.
1: I like this This Trinidad cartoonist. Trinidadian cartoonist wrote this really nice thread about uh, meeting him in line at a food festival. Oh, really? Well, and then just like talking food with him and how cool he was. But then just like hoping that he would go to Trinidad someday. Just like wanting that you know and then he the did. sort of
0: validation of yeah oh, and did. then he
1: talked about watching that episode with his family and how he felt like the whole country was watching it and how like it was like seeing the president visit your country and just like the power of all of that it was just like a really nice thread
0: can I share one that I liked sure um, so this guy John Birdsall who I've talked about on the show before who is a food writer in Oakland he profiled Bourdain when he turned 60 which he was 61 when he died Uh, yesterday or whatever whenever it was Um, and I I guess he interviewed a bunch of people and he interviewed Peter Meehan who is one of the people who started Lucky Peach and Peter Meehan said to start off Lucky Peach would not exist without Tony Bourdain I mean that in a spiritual way and I mean that in a fiscal way I thought that that was really cool I didn't realize that wow Um, I don't know a lot of them I liked I retweeted one other Anthony Bourdain on Humanity. Meals make the society hold the fabric together in lots of ways that were charming and interesting and intoxicating to me. The perfect meal, or the best meals, occur in a context that frequently has very little to do with the food itself.
1: Like the Astro.
0: It's true. I know. (laughs) It's true. We are in the shadow and legacy of very distant... Yeah. ...small quadrant... Of Anthony Bourdain, did you ever meet him? No, I don't think I ever saw him was you know in a room no he was a busy guy, yeah <laughs> we yeah
1: we were we were both in
0: Bangkok, right
1: in line for noodles.
0: <laughs> did you ever have any encounters with him no. But we owe our bros eating food. Yeah, it's like, would there be an Astropod without Anthony Bourdain? Bros eating food and talking about life. Well, anyway, I think that, yeah, his death kind of hit me in a way that most celebrity deaths don't. People call him a celebrity chef. They've been calling him a celebrity chef on NPR. But, it's but, just not... Yeah, he wasn't not who known he was. for being a chef. He was, he like, was a, like a journalist, you yeah. know? Yeah. And a, a personality. Yeah, and he was a great writer. Right. Did you read his book, mm-hmm. uh, Kitchen yeah, yeah, Confidential? Yeah, yeah, totally. Loved it. What do you remember about that book? I'm not trying to put you on I the mean, spot. I, just, I was just, you know...
1: I remember... It just, was like, it just resonated with me because at that point in my life, I was working in restaurants you know, and I was working in restaurants at a time when I d- didn't want to be working in restaurants anymore, but I still had a lot of fun doing it, and I so it was like this real struggle where I was, like, just fucking fed up with it, and, like, I knew that it wasn't what I wanted in my future, but, like... But it suited your wayward but, lifestyle? But it, like, after that dinner rush, when you went out to the back alley with the cooks and smoked a bowl, it was like, you, you know, and then you walk back into the restaurant, and it was like fucking euphoria and then you all went out drinking together like that lifestyle there were still elements of it that were just like great and I just sort of like recognized a lot of and it was like Bourdain was able to articulate that in a way that I feel like buoyed me for the you know because I I had to keep working at restaurants (laughs) I just had to because I didn't have a way to like make money as a journalist it was never like this is a way to do that I was it never I was never like I'm gonna write about restaurant life that was not something I but it made me think like oh there is um, you can work in restaurants and enjoy them and then have these aspirations beyond that and make it work and however I don't know it was just like that's how I felt about it all
0: mm-hmm. yeah, he was a good writer yeah that was a really good book just kind of taking you into what it's like to work in a kitchen. Yeah. like and I guess it was the And first I mean, one. I
1: have always wanted to make the radio version of that. Yeah. I still have I still really want to um, get a bunch of labs, mic up a bunch of restaurant employees oh, that'd be and great. embed myself in a restaurant for like a few a couple months and make a documentary about it. I amazing. just think it's such rich territory. That you have all these lives that's you have what we drama, you have like you know you have all this class stuff with, that, that's what we should grow into all you get the celebrity chef down to the dishwasher and then sonically one of my favorite things and i spent a lot of time being stoned in restaurants but the soundscape of it when you go from like the back alley after you're breaking down the trash into the kitchen and it's just like and then that fade from the kitchen noise to like the music in the dining room and the clinking of the dishes right. and the chatter and then like maybe you duck into like where the waitresses hang out and they're like talking to you know this is like sonically it's just like i don't know it's like very rich to me and i want to capture all that in a radio documentary
0: can i be involved
1: sure you should definitely be involved well we I, it, I, in it would speed. be great it would be great to do it with someone who's like kind of like emerging at the top of their game.
0: Inside a restaurant, yeah.
1: What about Wes? (laughs) I would want a lot of access. I would want someone who would like give us full access to all the employees, let us interview them throughout the process and then just be given free range to like mic
0: everyone up for like long stretches of time. This is a really good idea.
1: do won't tell anyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do, like, I mean, it would be fun to, I feel like it would be fun to do it, like, on that level where it's, like, a hip, sort of, like. But then there's also, like, you could do it on, like, the diner level where it's, like, you could do the astro. It'd just be a very different show.
0: Well, I think that narratively it might be sharpened by like it moving towards something whether yeah. there's like a huge event or yeah. or something so that it's like almost like yeah a, like a narrative that's formed around a competition or something like that where there's right. an ending point yeah that's um, how you
1: go from like a good show to a hit show i feel like
0: right so uh, that's where i take it i kind of <laughs> kind of take the raw goods and
1: <laughs> Make hits out of it. Oh, no. I thought I had more battery life than I do. This we might. There might be an unexpected need, break in this episode. Do you... No, we're good. What I about a power
0: supply? I think that I have... What, what voltage does that take? It's fine. Don't worry about it. What am I asking about voltage? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just ride this thing. David Weinberg doesn't mess with voltage. Um... This is a good idea. Uh, but yeah, we'll what talk. would it be if, it, like, I think it's like if there was some big dinner or some series of dinners or if it was leading somewhere, or maybe if it was like, yeah, kind of like the way you're describing it, if, if we use that throughout the chapters, maybe somehow, yeah. like, you know, the different yeah. populations that are involved, like, it could be like a supply chain story up to the diner, to the critic or oh, whatever, God, you know? Yeah, I
1: mean, if you're going to go all out, like, serialize chapters you could have like yeah books go to the farms go to the oceans go to the mountains from the sea to shining sea I think I found our title
0: you're making fun of me now no
1: I'm not I mean this is how I think in fact I, uh, someone just emailed me well Rob you know Rob Rosenthal he is the host of a podcast called House House oh yeah,
0: yeah 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 he teaches I don't radio, know him right? but so I him and I know who are teaching a workshop all oh, right this week. You teach with her. I
1: leave tomorrow to go to Boston. We're going to teach this workshop. And he wants to email me about Louis Louis, for his show. And I was thinking, he's like, what do you want to talk about oh, Louis cool. Louie about? And I was like, well, I've been wondering lately, should that have been a serialized, could I have made that into, could, could that have been like an eight episode thing? Yeah. And that's like crazy that, that this is where we're at, where it's like,
0: Everything should be eight episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but then I was starting to
1: think about it, like, well, I don't know, because I had to cut a lot of stuff out of it. There's all these chapters to Richard Berry's life, and to the story of the song "Louie Louie" that obviously had to cut out. And it's like, well, what if you went the other direction? I feel like now we're at a time in narrative podcasts where you can kind of go in the other direction. Like, what if instead of cutting the stuff, we built whole episodes around it? You know? Right. Which makes me think, if you're gonna do a restaurant show, it's vast. I mean, you could go so many places.
0: Oh no! It should definitely be. A series, not just like a single story. And if someone gets
1: murdered along the way, then you can retire. (laughs)
0: Because that's Because it's just gold. Gold. It's like when Joan Didion saw the kid on acid with white lipstick on. Gold. Yeah. It's gold. (laughs) Jeez, what a monster. (sighs) Uh, Well, it's,
1: um, speaking of monsters, some, uh, I haven't read it yet, but there's this New Yorker piece um, about grifters just came out. And this journalist... About your... No, no, not not me, but this journalist tweeted, journalists love grifter narratives because writing first-person stuff is, like, inherently monstrous and, like, grifter-like. And I was like, oh, yeah. Sure, when you get that from other people? My first result was, like, I should tweet at this person about my story and it was like all of the feelings because it was like you're right we love grifter narratives we're horrible people and it's like how can i use this to to further my own career and like get my story out there And it was like it was my own like not that trying to tweet your stories at other people is like necessarily being a grifter but it's like as i was thinking about that i was doing things that were like felt a little icky i was like yeah you're right it's all icky we're all grifters it's
0: the journalist and the murderer Any journalist who knows what he or she is about, knows that what he or she is doing, this is Janabal. very much a paraphrase yeah. at this point, morally <laughs> indefensible. Even, a paraphrase might even be a little... Morally indefensible it's is the point, a... is the operative right. uh, phrase. Yeah. Descriptor.
1: Right. I'm tired. <laughs> well, should we decide what we're going to eat?
0: We're not just splitting a, a PM? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. With fries? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and extra pickles. Think milkshake? The ac- no milkshake. Pie? No pie. I-, I would go milkshake before I would go pie. Let's do do you have shake. a cold today? Cold? No. Yeah. I'm a. You're healthy? Perfectly healthy. Hail? Top of my game.
1: Physically. Yeah, let's do that. I'm right. going we- yoga every day.
0: Really? Where are you going? Hot yoga.
1: Hot yoga. Kinship. Really? You,
0: I, have, I'm when, I, I went there every day for like two months when it opened. Really? Yeah. It's great. It's like if fixed my back I was a regular like everyone knew me and stuff and, um, yeah Why'd you stop? I had a work trade there what was your work trade I've been thinking about doing a work trade it was when they were just starting and figuring uh-huh. it out so I don't know what they would have available but I only did it for a month where I, w- I would stay and uh, mop up after classes I don't do that yeah don't there's no reason to but no I'd walk over there often I would go to this I be- believe there was a 6am I would go to that fuck yeah. you,
1: I'm incapable of that kind of Early rising.
0: I didn't drink for 16 days and I lost like 20 pounds and <laughs> probably put like 50 years happy? on my life. I mean, it was absolutely its own kind of like obsessive yeah. thing. And it was right around the holidays and like, you know, like my work was light. And so I was able to go to yoga like literally every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I miss it. And meanwhile, smash forward three years or whatever now I live with another yoga studio two blocks away that I have a group on to that's worth you know like it like triples the value or whatever mm. I don't know how long a period I had I think it was 60 days of course I didn't go the Groupon expired and I was like finally like I remember the day that it was going to expire and I like looked at the schedule and I was like oh, I can't make it to any of these classes and I was like I guess the, the supreme ignominy of like actually allowing a groupon for a yoga studio literally that I don't even have to cross the street for expire is going to happen in my life. And then it expires. and then the next day Groupon emails me and they're like, guess what? We've extended your Groupon deadline. Uh... And now I'm coming up against another deadline. It's oh, like no. if I don't use it in the next like four, five days or something like that, it'll expire again. Get it together, man. Can't believe you go to kinship. Yeah,
1: I'm lot, I've been in horrible back pain for six months and i tried everything. I went to acupuncture, yep. I went to an orthopedist, I was doing physical therapy, I went to a, uh, chiropractors, yeah. none of it helped. I and, I then did I, I, and then like too. two and a half weeks of going to yoga every day and it started to get better and it's been getting incrementally better for the last month. And they emailed me and they were like, your month's almost over and you rocked it! And they like sent me like a s- s- image, screen image capture of like my, it had gone like almost every day in the month. Oh, really? So you're going that often? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's great. I don't love yoga for yoga's sake, but it really helped me, and I feel like I should keep doing it. I mean, really, I just want to get back to running, so I'm, if I can get to some point where I can do yoga like three nights a week and start running again. I'm you're going, going at night? Yeah, I go at 8.30 after I put fade to bed. It's been great. Yeah.
0: Good for you. That's why you look so good. I commented on how good you're looking. It's yoga. She's... Oh. I need to do something. Come to yoga with me.
1: Come to Kim Chip one night. Okay. We'll get beers afterwards.
0: Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan is the guy who runs it. Oh. Yeah, the guy with the I red have... hair, uh, man bun, and beard. A lot of man buns. It's hard to. Um... I mean, it's probably way different than I was there yeah, in the like, early really days. I haven't met anyone.
1: I haven't like gotten social anymore. I
0: like this girl Carrie who was teaching there. everybody knew me I'm in such bad shape though and I've like so many like new problems now and I mean for me the hardest stuff is all the standing stuff you know for men I think that's generally true Um, and then also like it also I mean hot yoga that type of it's not Bikram but it's like it's hot and it's like vinyasa heavy or whatever well I feel like I don't really know the difference of
1: anything but I feel like there's kind of different styles for different teachers
0: Totally, yeah. But the, they those they teachers music on do a lot of vinyasa flow stuff, which is like like hard poses and like you just like continual motion.
1: Have you been listening to the Thirty for Thirty Bikram Yoga No, I haven't. Podcast?
0: Is oh, was it? Is it all about, it's all about Bikram? Bikram? Yeah, that's interesting. His his rise and fall. Oh, so you like it?
1: Yeah, it's good. So that was one thing I was episode.
0: gonna say. I mean, I've been thinking about narrative podcasts myself recently. Really. Have um, not that I can tell you,
1: <laughs> but I sign. Oh yeah, right. I agree that. What if every listener agreed to sign an NDA? Then could we all talk about it on the show? Too <laughs> complicated.
0: Um, I agree that something like I'll, I'll be curious to hear the Bikram one, and I agree that something like Louis Louis could be like a eight parter or whatever. But I mean, I've been thinking a lot about like there haven't been many S towns, you know. There's been. There's been one, one F-Town. S-town. No, but I mean, there hasn't been things that, like, there haven't been shows that have done similar things in in serial form, which is kind right. of surprising to me. And I think that one of the aspects of it is that it's not just a story, it's not just a good story told well in the past that uh-huh. sounds good. It's surprising, and there is live tape, you know? And I think that, not that I don't have to tell you this, maestro, but, um, you know, I think that having that, in a way in a narrative that can be sustained and is a story that is reporting and unfolded and original and hasn't been told in any other format before is just still not being done which is surprising it's not being done I mean I know it's really hard to do well
1: part of it is like there's so few people that can do that right at that level at that level there's a lot of shit getting made but it's being made by people that are like new to podcasting and like haven't done like the whatever you want to call it the 10,000 hours of practice
0: yeah and it's like it although i do like malcolm gladwell's podcast shouts, it's so good yeah shouts to, um, but that's because it's about ideas and stuff yeah what's strong about that is the opposite of what i'm saying or the inverse yeah. or whatever
1: um yeah and it also those things take so long my guess is that they're being made right now some of those shows
0: yeah i hope so but i don't know what i just a little bit surprised that if you kind of like zoom way out of podcasting obviously a lot of stuff is happening right now and there's tons of great things that are valuable yeah. for other reasons and I'm sure that the Bickram thing is very good. Um, but in audio particularly, I think I mean it's all
1: it's so far it's been all interviews. Exactly. With people like like a thirty for thirty is. Right. You know, like it's
0: I've talking. never listened to the Thirty for Thirty I mean, podcast. The I've only watched or the, any of yeah. those
1: talking head documentaries where it's just people talking uh, and sitting down. Like an right. Aaron I, Morris I think movie, in visuals the and
0: like with with really rich archival yeah. you, and recreations and stylized interviews, like you can get away with a lot of telling a story in the past. Sure. And I think, I think it's actually a stronger form in, more suited to, visuals. Mm. I think with audio, like surprising. Interesting, different tape and twists in the story that spin you into a different direction are the, the most powerful type of like narrative nonfiction storytelling that you can do in audio. For me, but it's you can. I mean, I also like lots of like interview shows. You know, just yeah. because it's just about like intimacy like and things. Show. And
1: what's that? And the best show. You, you know,
0: this is the best show. Oh, WFMU. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, I love a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. I love whatever. Like. You know, I hadn't listened to the Paris Review podcast and, like, I listened to that and I was like, this is great, like, yeah. and it's really, like, sound rich and interesting. But all of these things that I like and listen to, none of them has, like, what S-Town had. Yeah. And I guess to it, you know, serial, too, but, like... I mean, I, I,
1: I think what S-Town had was... it's like, the character. Yes, yeah. Like, that was, like... And that, I find, is, like, often the key to a really good story. It's like, you gotta have someone who is like compelling and build the story around that person.
0: But it's all these scenes that are not him talking about something that happened to him. It's stuff that's unfolding in life in front of you. That's true. And in different rooms and on the phone and in the back of the tattoo parlor and like his funeral and like all this surprising But if he had not been
1: like a compelling, articulate, brilliant person, it wouldn't have mattered. But that's, you need both.
0: But that's the bare minimum. You know, it's right. like, yeah. like, like even if you're telling a story in the past, you need to find someone who can tell it articulately, yeah. and that's, like, the bare bones of a good piece of narrative audio, I think. Yeah. What do you what, think the second
1: best narrative fiction, nonfiction podcast is? I'm assuming you think S-Town's the best.
0: Uh, I mean, I really like Reply All. Like, I think that a lot of Reply All episodes are really good. I'm, I'm amazed by how they're able to... And, and honestly, like, like the... Daily's more narrative stuff is really great yeah. and, and crazy that they can do it. Yeah. But I think that the daily shows that difference because most of their stuff is the the first approach where it's like thing happened, person knows how to tell story yeah. about thing. Well, have them on, tell it in past tense and right. illustrate it however you can with more audio. But then they've gone more into more documentary style stuff too, and and I think that those stories are, you know, they're like this American life caliber yeah. stories. And I, I totally get why it's not being done more, but obviously the biggest success story in podcasting ever is S-Town. So it's interesting that more people aren't more than, yeah. haven't dedicated and been able to release. I mean, I'm sure that This American Life is doing, like, what's the next season of Serial going to be? It's probably going to be amazing. You know, like, um, yeah, but it seems very obvious, and, and it's obviously just my personal opinion, but it's the equivalent of like a verité film in in documentary film. But to me, it's even stronger in audio. You know, when you have something unfolding and twisting, yeah. And, and then you have the re- usually have the presence of the reporter that always feels natural because it's just such a part of the form. Yeah. And then when the reporter can interact and it's seamless, and that's another element of like bringing the tape to life that is really great. I mean, Welcome to LA, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I feel uncomfortable placing it in like the Pantheon of great podcasts because I don't know that it is, but, but I do feel like uh, I'm getting closer to like creating my own voice, you know? Yeah. Coming and out like
0: my sh- favorite part of any of the first three episodes of Welcome to LA is when you're confronting the grifters. Oh, really? Yeah, it's because.
1: I find that tape so uncomfortable and just like so That's difficult to listen
0: probably to probably something that you should always recognize as a good sign because it's we know you in this way that you're presenting yourself in and it is very personal supposedly it is personal it's supposedly no 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 but you're not unguarded you're presenting <laughs> no, no, you presenting yourself yeah, as a character and you're, you're speaking with your myself. your cadence yeah. and all that and then you hear this tape and it's like you're this different person and you're you're such a live wire like your read as we've talked about on the show is like very like down tempo and like relaxed and like that's part of what's it's it's great you know it's perfect don't change it but then in that tape you're like this nervous like really amped up like you can just tell it's like oh my god is he gonna like literally explode right now because he's so nervous and so that dynamic range between the, the guy that we've gotten to know in the tape and the guy that we hear just recording himself talking to someone is powerful. I was and just, surprising.
1: I just dropped off my, my daughter at school, and I ran into the private investigator who's in that story. He's a dad at the preschool, and I hadn't seen him. Oh. I hadn't seen him since the story came out, and I didn't know if he'd listened to it. He was like, "Man, I listened to that story. He's like, that was intense, man." I was like, "I told you
0: the story, you know," but he didn't. Had he heard the tape when you? No. Okay, and,
1: he was like, I really like the way you read my email.
0: <laughs> He's like, you made it sound really good. I was like, it was a good email.
1: Because I wanted to interview him for the story, but he didn't want to go on tape, which I understand. When you're a private investigator, you kind of want to remain private. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? Um, if you ever want to interview a PI. And he like,
1: did some work for me that I, I wasn't really under- clear, but it sounded like he was, felt bad. He felt like he had some moral issues with doing that work for free or something. I don't know.
0: Wait, why did he do it for free?
1: Because <clears throat> we're friends, and he. But yeah,
0: he, he he also felt morally problems. opposed to doing it for free.
1: I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't want to get into it. Ethically. Yeah, maybe ethically. It's like I, I always think of that great line from. Do you ever see the movie Election? Where he's trying yes. to explain the difference between morals and ethics.
0: I don't remember that scene, so but good. I need to watch it because I've been thinking about that so much recently. Because I, so I, I I tend to say morals when I mean ethics. Yeah. I'll, I'll use it for both. Hey, hey. Should we eat something? Sure. Really? What do you
1: feel like eating today? I think we're gonna split a patty melt. Sounds very good to me. With a chocolate
0: milkshake. You want a chocolate milkshake? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And how extra. Do you, how do you want e- it done? Medium. Medium. And extra pickles. Sounds and good. and is it possible to substitute the cheese? What? Yeah. What whoa, 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 whoa. A substitute what do you mean? or or. Exchange? You know what? What about Swiss? All right, I'll try it. Swiss? okay. <laughs> Medium and Swiss, okay, right. and extra pickles. Sounds like a winner. And one chocolate shake. Yes. Okay. Two straws. And two straws? No,
1: I mean... Okay. <laughs> okay. I love American cheese so much, I can't believe I'm sorry. Swiss. No, it's, right. it's good to try new things. So it's good to mix it up.
0: I think generally, typically, traditionally. Of course, I will not look this up because it's not like I'm a food journalist. Patty melts, sorry, with Swiss cheese, Swiss cheese, rye, the onions, you know. Looking forward to trying it this way. Thank you for being open to trying new things, in the spirit of Anthony Bourdain. That's right. Try new things, even if it's just even if it's at the same <laughs> diner, you go Swiss to instead of American. <laughs> yeah, even if it's at the same diner you go to every week and ordering the same thing that you finally found is the best thing to order. Yeah. Well, I like talking about Welcome to L.A. because it's been exhilarating for me to watch it come out into the world and and to listen to the episodes in their like, finalized form, having known them at different stages of roughness, and uh, see which notes of mine you observed and <laughs> which you didn't. <laughs>
1: I mean, I probably would have absorbed more of your notes if I had more time, but I literally just get to a point where it's like I can't keep making changes. So this has to totally. I have to get this done and get out the door. I don't want to. Frustrating.
0: I think I would have been better at, at like a very early conceptual stage. I think that that's when I'm better.
1: The problem is I don't have things done earlier. Like, I'm hand- No, it's not done, but just talking about yeah, what the yeah.
0: show is. You know, or talking about, like, what's going to happen with your character, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think those are the things... Was, it
1: was more just, like, I always wanted to make a trilogy. And yeah. I made the trilogy, and then it was like, what are we going to put...
0: No, I know, and you told me about that, so After ostensibly I had plenty of opportunity to weigh in about that, because I've known about that for, like, a year or something yeah. like that, you know? So it's not like I asked the right questions. Um... But yeah, it's been really good to see it come out and come out so well, and I love it. I want you to do more stories like that. Are you going to do a second season? I don't know. I don't know. seems like it's doing really well, and it behooves KCRW to make another season. Same thing with Lost Notes. Is there a second season or not? Probably. My my friend Jason sent me like four pitches and he's like, could you, what is, are these Lost Notes stories? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if they're taking, and I just like saw on Instagram that Nick seems to be like camping somewhere or whatever. Yeah, Nick took a vacation after that show. Yeah, understandably. Yeah. Deservedly. Nick, great job. Good job, Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick. Yeah, Lost Notes, so good. So proud of you and honored to be involved. And Solomon and Mike. Yeah, Solomon and Mike, you guys... I didn't give Solomon a trinket. <laughs> he wasn't there. I know, but I he didn't... He didn't come to any of the, like, parties in any the of the events. Not, I
1: mean, not because he, did, he was he's, working, a busy guy. he's writing for Crashing on HBO. So he was in New York for a lot of time, which is great for him. I, I don't expect him to leave his well, I need to lucrative a- Hollywood writing job till like, I come to a party for a podcast that just came out.
0: Well, yeah, if he's in New York, that's completely understandable. Um, but... Oh yeah, so I told my friend Jason, I don't think that they're necessarily taking think, pitches right now. I think now. there will
1: be. I hope there will be.
0: He has one that seemed like a true lost note story. I, but that's I feel that's the thing. Is you said this some other time, you were, you were like, oh, I have this story, but it's not a lost. I don't feel like my story fit in at all to any of the other stories, having listened to them all now. Like it was totally different, and which is awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I hope that I can do another one sometime, but. Jason's story, the first one that he sent me uh, that I actually read, I didn't read the other pitches. Uh, is like a true lost note story. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't. I shouldn't. Yeah. To our 80 s- subscribers. Don't spill the beans, man. Nope. And you don't even know which Jason I'm talking about. I don't. You have so many friends named Jason. I have a couple. Who
1: doesn't have, five I have a couple friends of
0: friends named Jasons? Jason. <laughs> at this lunch that I used to have every year to renew my medical marijuana card. Remember those days? Remember those days? I mean, I still want to renew mine so that I can not be taxed. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's a pretty hefty tax when you don't use your license. I did not know that. Even though it's legal, yeah. Huh. I highly recommend renewing. And I haven't. But... I
1: guess it depends on how much weed you smoke, but at a certain point
0: I have so much weed that I, I was gonna have say not at a certain point to. the cost of
1: the of the I don't think I smoke enough weed for the cost of the renewing the subscription to balance out the tax I would be paying. Yeah. But And good, if you do you're a monster. I also feel like we should be paying taxes on it. I think that money should go to like whatever it goes to, I suppose.
0: I love that. Kevin Gage from your story is named Gage and his whole backstory has to do with marijuana. Gage is a slang word for marijuana. Oh, it is? I didn't yeah. know that. It's like an old time. It's like Louis Armstrong oh, would okay. say Gage and stuff like that. I didn't like know that. that. Yeah. Wow. Trees, huh. man.
1: Trees, I've heard. I heard trees my... Reefer. Call it. heard a reefer. Yeah, Gage. Gage. I didn't know that. I keep expecting to get an email from him or from his agent.
0: So wh- where did that end up?
1: His agent was like, uh, if, "If Kevin wants to do this, I will get in touch with you within 24 hours. And then he never got back to me, so. So obviously he knew about your request. Oh my God, I sent someone to request him. Also, I sent a request to his agent. Independently of my request as a journalist. I just said hi. I want to hire Kevin Gage as a voice actor. Right now, I remember that. To read some stuff. What are his rates? And he didn't even respond to that. And if I do ever talk to Gage, I'm going to be like, hey, you should maybe uh, think twice about using this agent because I offered you some work and it did not get responded to at
0: all. Did you guys hang out that day at all?
1: Did you talk to him? Sure. I mean, you know what movie sets are like. There's a lot of downtime, there's a lot of smoking cigarettes in the parking lot of different uh, seedy motels. Yeah. So if you see him, you'll say, what up? If I saw him on the street,
0: or just anywhere, I don't know. I'm really? A little bit afraid. You wimp. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not. Afraid. That's my whole He's point about that story. Me. Yeah, no, I'll, I would say I, I would. I would. I would. I feel like if I can confront the grifter in the parking lot mechanic shop, I can certainly confront Kevin Gage. So yeah, I would say like, hey. It's too bad you weren't rolling. I think tape what I, I would that. do is I would say, hey, do you remember me? I worked on the Owl and Echo Park with you. Right. And, and then it's, see it, what he it's said. It's just like what in, you said to the grifter.
0: Do you remember me? I uh, interviewed you at about an apartment five years ago. Yeah, and <laughs> just sort of like gauge his response and see what. He's I, like, I don't remember that, but I remember that awkward moment, <laughs> that live, live tape.
1: Yeah. So on, I would, um.
0: Come on, guys. I know what's going on here. Come on. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> it's totally a scam. Yeah. It's so good. I also keep expecting to hear from the director of the movie. Shane? Shane. H- have you emailed these people like no. the story? No. Send Kevin Gage the story. I don't have his into information. Send it to his agent.
1: Yeah, I should. Anyway, we get a smoke here. This looks good. We they, didn't, don't, they didn't even give us two glasses. They just gave us I two know. straws. It will be like uh, we didn't even get two straws. we need in tramp style here. Mm-mm.
0: Wow. Could we have a second cup for that? Is sure. that possible?
1: Uh, coffee,
0: bacon. Okay. Here is the patty milk with Swiss. Unfortunately, David. Hey,
1: look. Maybe it'll be li- maybe it'll blow my mind. Do you mind I that, that I, I go I back to American cheese again?
0: Move stuff over for you. May I?
1: Go for it. Mm. Gotta love a place that doesn't put any salt on their French fries. I right,
0: know. Like oh, thank you so much, Martha. I- I'd say that when you see Kevin. Gage.
1: we you know we're we often are in the same circles i would say i are hang you? out with a lot of uh, former hollywood action movie stars so it's pretty inevitable that we're gonna run to each other do
0: you want half of this uh, single piece of iceberg <laughs> lettuce I'm good. I'm good. it
1: might be nice it's kind of refreshing i don't want it it does not look refreshing it looks a little wilted it's
0: happening Ugh, it's
1: touching my patty melt
0: <laughs> what touch your patty melt i'm just kidding <laughs> sorry yeah, what's your, what would you say to Kevin Gage if you were me and you ran into him? If I was you? Well, I would never have done that story, so... <laughs> oh. um, w- no, uh, uh, but but if turning. I was in your position, I, I would... Why wouldn't you have done that story? I mean, we've talked about this, like, I think on and off this podcast, but I just think, I, I mean, I don't think that I have to defend my difference in opinion from most people about this, but I don't think that people who are in the public eye you know, should be the, like, fodder for any story you want to tell, you know? And and I think that you should always comport yourself as... I just have my own kind of, like, way of how I am as a reporter, and that applies... I try to apply it equally to everyone, but I may be even more sensitive when it comes to people in the public eye. Certain people... For example, politicians right. who have run for office and been elected, of course they should be held accountable in the way that you know good journalism right can do. But with people who are just like trying to act and you like you're kinda like catching them off the actors are so vulnerable. I, I have a soft spot for actors because they have the most thankless job as of any artist. Right. It's so vulnerable. Do you watch
1: movies and listen to content about them? Do you support uh, about the them as private people or, or yeah. like, I feel like if you're supporting this art by listening to it or paying for it or whatever you
0: mean like do I watch Heat or do I watch as
1: I mean you listen to my story you gave notes on it which I feel like are basically... I know and
0: I think that my notes were advocating for a different approach right that was to me more sensitive to the person uh-huh. you know there's the person and then there's the person that you perceive um and but anyway, but I will answer your question we've talked about that um and I you know I, I also accede to the fact that my opinion is just my opinion and my own kind of like way of dealing with reporting or reporting on celebrities or whatever um and it's not like I've done many other things that you know are equally suspect not that th- not that this was suspect I'm not I'm just you know No, I am. Um... It's something I think a lot about. Me too. I think it's good too. Mm. How do you like the Swiss? I don't... No? Know. It's okay, but it's not as good as American. Is it... It's the
1: texture that's missing? It just doesn't have that gooey, delicious flavor, you know? It's just a little more bland. has a Swiss flavor. Yeah, I like Swiss cheese, but I don't like it as much as American cheese.
0: Well, I would probably email the agent and say, Hey, I just want you to know, like, something did come of this. Here it is. Like... Please pass it on to Kevin if you, if if it's appropriate, or if he's interested in hearing it. I
1: had this line in the story where Kevin Gage basically said to his agent, like, fuck him, but I took it out.
0: That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think, for example, like, that's a really granular example of what we're talking about, where it's like, he's refusing to be in the story. You're using tape that was recorded for another purpose, and then to go beyond that to to take something that he said to someone else without knowing that it would even be passed on to you, and then to use that, I feel like it was the right choice to not use that. Um, but I, if I saw Kevin, I would say like, "Hey, we we met on this, for a film shoot, and then I made this little story about you for KCRW." This little story. Yeah, I mean, I would, I I would use some sort of Don't like diminutive, yeah, descriptor of no. it and it was on New and Noteworthy for... Surely someone who knows him. Has probably gotten him. back to him, yeah. I should also... Yeah. Anyway.
1: What? There's another person in that story who I should tell there in it about it's how... Stephanie Landa.
0: Is that the adult... The, who co-starred with Kevin Gage, or?
1: She's the one who was his partner in the weed-growing operation.
0: Oh. But you interviewed her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean She'll tell Kevin. Also the thing is friends. Perfect, I do that. Yeah. You're I mean, you've gotten a lot of deserved approbation for from your peers for like doing a great job telling a story. So like I think that they'll I think that'll go a long way to like forgiving anything that might be uncomfortable about the situation, you know? It's not like the first article that's ever been written about him or whatever. Um, And he knows that it's going on. Right. And then i will be like, huh, David did a nice little job. I like this Welcome to LA series. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be so classically you to just like end up being friends with Kevin Gage. You're like, yeah, I was out till four in the morning last night with Kevin Gage. I feel like that's where this story ends, probably. I hope so. So Season to give yourself two. that chance, Season 2. To say hi to him when you see him. I don't know.
1: What's
0: going on with this milkshake?
1: Let's get this thing eaten.
0: Yeah, should I try to awkwardly split it? do you want?
1: Do it, do it, do I did your, it last time,
0: right? Do your thing. <laughs> this is terrible. Oh
1: no! Oh yeah, just take all the whipped cream, I guess. No, Let's that's see.
0: going to you. You're getting the whipped cream one.
1: Oh, thank yeah, you, it's... Martha.
0: Are you mad at me? No. no. <laughs> You're shaking I'm your head at you. <laughs> because it was absurd. I'm not an out of anger. So sensitive, Richard. Thank you. See. What else do you have to send the new story to? The new story? Any of them. I don't really... I mean, I sent you the one
1: that hasn't aired yet.
0: Oh, I thought you sent me Bilal No.
1: Oh, okay, I which one... I sent you the one that hasn't aired. Balal's a rerun, but I sent you... Um, I know,
0: I thought you were sending me I because you had made a, changes or something.
1: I sent you a draft of the one that comes out a week from... Or this Tuesday.
0: Oh, I need to listen to that one. Okay, cool.
1: It's really fun. Cool. It's like very different in tone than the other pieces
0: does it feel good to not be telling stories about your own life anymore
1: yes although I'm currently working on well yeah. yeah 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 the last story in the series isn't really about me but I think I need to bring myself into it a little bit more so I'm dealing with that also I've been Thinking about the story and working on on and off for like fifteen years, so it's like what? <laughs> it's oh, it's incredibly complex,
0: <coughs>
1: and I have like a tremendous amount of tape, tape, both my own that I've gathered over fifteen years, and archival material, <coughs> and I don't have enough time to make it. <coughs> I I have, is this is death
0: by Swiss cheese. I think I inhaled a grilled onion. Oh. It's like in my lung. Take the, oh. Take a little chocolate shake. We,
1: we never got water. <coughs> <coughs> oh.
0: The humanity. Feels good to be doing the show again. I know, I wish, I'm looking forward to maybe doing it every, other, every week again someday. Oh. <laughs> I mean
1: I shouldn't be here now.
0: Neither should I. <coughs> this, is bad, this is a bad tomorrow. day to do this. And so
1: if we don't do it today, we won't do it next week and that would be like a month without an astro.
0: <coughs> Not acceptable. <coughs> Even for those of you who are still here listening to David slowly die from asphyxiation. Are you okay? Is it hurt? <coughs> Does it doesn't hurt, I just can't talk. <coughs> you talk about what you've been cooking lately. We always come back to that. Made pizza last night from double zero flour, imported from Italy. Fine flour that um, I'd never used to make pizza dough before. Um, you know, roasted a chicken. What have I been cooking? I was in New York for a week, so I wasn't cooking anything. How was New York? It was great. You said in a text that it turned you into a monster. I want to hear more about that. I just turn into a monster when I'm in New York. Like how? I just, like, do five things a night and, like, stay up till hours and, like, see a million friends and... That
1: doesn't sound so monstrous.
0: Sounds like a grand old time. Yeah, that's how I... But that's... I I just mean... like how you do New York.
1: Run around, you don't sleep, you see everyone.
0: That's what I do. And I was working during the day, and then, you know, I would knock off and kind of burn the candle at both ends. And sometimes that was for like work related cocktails or whatever. And uh, got to see a lot of good friends, which was awesome. You know, met some people, had some wild experiences. What was the craziest thing that happened? Oh, not crazy. Not like Weinberg crazy or anything like that. I mean, it was just like, you know. Just Ate some Russian dumplings in Coney Island and hung out in Midtown a lot, which I had never done before because I was oh. staying in Midtown because the convention that I was going to was in Midtown. Very strange area. Yeah. In a hotel that eight months before had been a parking lot, apparently. Because uh, I got into the cab and the guy was like, <coughs> I told the guy, I was like, I'm going to 36th Street between 8th and 9th Avenue, the Crown Plaza. And he's like, there's no the Crown Plaza there. And I was like, yeah I think there is but I'll look it up and and he's like you just walked into a cab being driven by a native New Yorker and I was like Luggy me and he's like that's the World Trade Center I'm like great thank you and like I've been to New York before and um but he was just like no it's it's on 53rd it's in Times Square and I was just like right this is a different Crown Plaza like I was confused as well and uh, and then I like found the confirmation. I like had to like look for my emails to like prove it to my cab driver where I was going, even though I knew the address by heart because it was 320 West 36th Street, and I had memorized it. Um, and uh, and when we pulled up, he was like, "Look at that, Crown Plaza on 36th Street." Um, and I walked in, I was like, "Is this a new hotel?" And they're like, you "Yeah." Do like like a, I told you so. No. No. Nope. And I tipped him well, and he was just like belly aching about you know how it is for cab drivers in New York. And I was like, you've know, been hearing about that. Like, for example, there was a daily, daily podcast yeah, episode about, about the really cost good. of the medallion going down. And, but, you know, he wasn't the guy who owned the medallion. He was just, and he'd only been doing it for a couple years because he's putting himself through school. His name was Nick. He was a Greek guy, Nick self-proclaimed, Greek. from Astoria. <coughs> so I asked him, what is the connection between diners in New York Ooh. City and the Greek population? And he said, oh, there's a stereotype. And that was his answer. <laughs> Uh, it was a long ride. It was very trafficy. y He's like, it's never this traffic I I don't know why. I'm like, great. This is gonna be a wonderful, but I was like, I want to step into the cab because I got to JFK and I'm not gonna like hail an Uber. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step yeah. into a cab. Oh, the second thing he said to me was do you work for Amazon. Really? Because uh, <laughs> he said, because apparently the Amazon offices are near there. I didn't even know that. <sighs> oh, what did you say? You're just making all the sounds. <laughs> Sorry, I just to... You just like, <laughs> won't stop people. <laughs> What did you
1: say when he asked you if you were for Amazon?
0: What did I say? I said yes.
1: Oh, I didn't know if you were allowed to say that out loud.
0: <laughs> NDAs are so completely normal when you're doing big projects. It's just normal. It's just normal. I've signed a million NDAs. For example, I know why IHOP is rebranding as IHOB, which was a headline the other day because they announced that they were doing that, but they didn't say why yet. I think Did that you they're... know? I know why, because I auditioned for a commercial. Whoa. Are you going to- Signed an NDA because us? that is completely normal. No, I'm not. I don't want to get in trouble. Actually, it's probably been released. Let's Google it.
1: (laughs) There's no fun in that. I didn't book it. You'll get it. You'll get one of those commercials.
0: It's International House of Burgers. It's about... Are you serious? Yeah. What? (laughs) You just said it? Yeah. What? I gave you one. Wow. We just... We're gonna have to embargo we this. Scoop, We're folks. gonna have to embargo this <laughs> we the next scoop. week.
1: Scoop. Our first <laughs> journalistic scoop in the history of the Astro.
0: That's how David does it. I've been wondering how you get the good tape. <laughs> just keep You just keep guilting me every week about NDAs. But it was a little awkward because I was at this huge industry event and I was just meeting all these publicists and they're like So what like what's the project? And I'm like, mm, can't tell you. So Dumbest good. thing in the world. It's not that dumb. It's totally normal. It's dumb when
1: it's, you're trying to interview someone for a show. That Yes. And you're like, I want to interview for this show. Shoot. And they're like, great, what's the show? And you're like, I can't tell you.
0: Well, no, like, there's a way to do it, though. <laughs> y- you know, use your journalistic charms and techniques. You're just like, look, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. <laughs> I want I <laughs> to tell you everything. Unfortunately, so sorry. Got to get this pesky thing signed. But, like... You know, I want to put your name up there with these big authors, all of whom have signed this. And, like, you know, there's just all sorts of ways to make it happen. You just have to negotiate every situation differently. Usually on the phone is better than in a written form. Right. And then you get them to sign it. And if they don't sign it, just be cool about it. And then you'll get them down the line. Or if the show never comes to fruition, no harm, no foul. You know, like, and right. you haven't made anyone look bad and you haven't disclosed anything that could compromise the project. Right. Boom. With commercials, it's because a lot of commercials change, um, get cut, and because everyone who's making a commercial has direct competition, and they don't want their competition to know. And so my company, Amazon, apparently has some competition. Mm. Not much. I don't know Not who. Not long. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> they've pretty much taken care of that. That's what he was saying. My cab driver. Um, yeah, he was. It was a funny long ride. So that was crazy. All the way down to the pierogies in Coney Island, or whatever, the, the Russian Kinkgali. King uh,
1: Did you um, listen to the Kaddish
0: Cheese record? I didn't hook up with that guy, no. When oh. I mean, Those articles still haven't come out. Mm. Probably a scam. If I know anything about
1: scammers. <laughs> and I do. You think he's a scammer? I have photos. <laughs> I'm pretty good at detecting when something's a scam or not. <laughs> How's your throat? It's, oh yeah, it's better. It's still still something in there, but at least I can speak.
0: Yeah, listen to the grifter. The grifter?
1: There was a bit of contention about what the title of the episode was with my editor.
0: I also pointed out that there were two of them, but you're the grifter. Oh, Spoiler! Oh,
1: <laughs> I guess that's the price I pay for getting you to, to reveal what the B in IHOP stands for.
0: Tell them. I'm a great building Karma manager. Can be a real bitch? <laughs> Wait, tell them I'm a good building manager.
1: Um, I think it's tell them I would make a great building manager.
0: Folks, you got to listen to Welcome to L.A. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Maybe we'll throw one in the Astro feed just to give you a little, little hot taste. Actually,
1: just stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Parting words. There will not be an Astro next week, so maybe s- maybe stop this one halfway through and listen to the second half next week. <laughs>